What was the theme for your prom? Well, it was at the aquarium. So maybe that was the theme? I don't know. Probably aquarium. Then it was probably the same as ours, which was also at the aquarium. Yeah, I don't remember there being a theme. It was like love under the sea or something. Yeah, that's actually like tells you what poor students we all were because love under the sea is gross. <laughs> Three years ago, this guy, he got obsessed with a young female student. He went psycho. He's been in a maximum security prison up until three days ago. Donna. Oh, I've missed you. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, the bad movie podcast. Okay, so prom night. 2008 prom night. I have to say that because there's multiple prom nights. There was one in the 80s with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis that was... Also, people getting murdered at prom, but not not the same plot. Was yeah. Is it supposed to be based on that, or is it supposed to be, like, a completely different thing? I think it's supposed to be a totally different thing. There were also, there are up to five prom nights after that, uh, after the Jamie Lee Curtis one. But looking at it, none of the other ones are actually based on the first one. It's just all, like, people getting murdered for different reasons. Got it. So, prom night is about a prom night. To die for. Oh. <laughs> you're wicked. It was uh, on the poster. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. So, before we get to prom night, we see a... We see the world's longest opening credit scene. This oh, opening yeah. credit scene is insanely <laughs> long for a movie I had zero investment in watching. Like, there's nothing about this where it's like, I have to see this movie. But we still get, like two to three minutes of credit scene over aerial shots of a car driving. Yeah, it's also like a weird scripted font. Yeah, it was a really weird For font. For that, it was a weird choice. Um, the car driving doesn't seem to make a lot of sense because the first thing that we see is like the girl Donna, Brittany Snow, you may recognize her as the redhead Chloe from Pitch Perfect. She gets dropped off at night at her yeah, house. I guess it's supposed to be like dusk. Okay. Well, the point is, after they drove three hours, they dropped her off at her house. And it's night. And she goes into the house and she can't find anyone. Well, turns out they're all dead, except for her mom, who gets murdered in front of her face. While she's hiding under the bed, a guy is looking for her, looking for Donna. And we also have a, what I think is a reoccurring theme in this movie of her opening the, the coat cabinet to put her coat in. Yeah, looking into hangers. Yes. <laughs> We're looking at so, her looking at keep hangers. Keep this in mind. It's going to come up a lot. It actually does come up a lot. So, yeah, he kills her mom while she's under the bed watching. And he's like, where is she? She belongs to me. She's mine. And then she runs outside and the cops get there. Flash forward, she was talking to Ming-Na, her therapist. Who is also Melinda May, I think, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's funny. I yeah. watched that. So they're like, oh, you've made so much progress. That was three years ago. Everything's great. And also, you know, it's a big change. You're going to go to college, all this stuff. So Ming-Na talks about how this guy is 2,300 miles away and locked up in a maximum security place. So don't worry about it. Yeah, this could never go wrong. Yeah, no, he's locked up. End of movie. Everything goes well in her life from here on out. Yeah, where I heard, I would prefer to hear he's locked up in a coffin because he's dead. <laughs> yeah. 
So she's with her two friends at the salon. and One of whom you may recognize as Joy Meacham from Iron Fist. The worst <laughs> oh. of the Netflix series. Oh, no. All right. Everyone's going good places. So they're getting ready for prom, and as she's looking in the mirror in the salon uh, towards the street, she thinks she sees the murderer. What? But then a bus goes in front of him and he's gone. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, it's probably just her imagination. Also, okay, so they're sitting around talking about their dresses, which, in the salon, which is a little bit strange because, like, they probably bought the dresses with each other, but whatever. So they're sitting around talking about their dresses and she's like, oh, like, she's describing hers and it's so pretty, but it's got, like, a bit of a corseted back, so it's, like, a little sexy. When you see the dress, what she means by corseted back is there is a gaping back, like V in the back, with some ribbon kind of tied crisscross over it. It's not made sexy because of the corset. It's made sexy because there's no fabric there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is weird. They definitely would have already sent photos to each other. I mean, they all have cell phones. It's 2008. Yeah. And they probably bought them together. Yeah. And there's no way they would have waited until the day of the prom to describe their dresses to each other. (laughs) These people suffer from, like, amnesia a little bit, I think. Yeah. Throughout the movie. Yeah, they kind of... No, maybe this is a sad medical tale. (laughs) We... Yeah. We don't know what's in the water there, but... No. Well, she goes home, and she's living with her aunt and uncle now. So she's getting ready for the prom. Her aunt talks about how, like, is she taking her meds? Her aunt, by the way, who's the ex-wife of the teacher on Glee. Oh, no, that's her? Oh, that's funny. So she asks if she's been taking her meds. It's just, like, anxiety medicine, but she's like, no, I'm not taking... I stopped taking them two weeks ago because I want to feel... Like, I don't want to be numb tonight. I want to feel everything. She wants to remember everything about the night. Right. I didn't realize watching this movie... The, the, the first scene, when she's talking to the therapist, she says she keeps having this recurring nightmare about what happened. And she says that's really normal. But I didn't realize that this was something that had happened. I thought it was just her recurring nightmare based on the fact that her this crazy person was stalking her. This was like her worst nightmare of what would happen. So I also didn't oh, realize that, her that family she's living was with murdered. her aunt and her uncle. I thought this was her parents now, like who we saw murdered at the beginning. Uh, yeah, they don't look that different. Well, yeah. White I mean, people, am I right? Well, kind they of. I mean, the they're same. both blonde and they're both. And also we see the, the mother kind of just through the slit under the bed. So I, I thought that this was actually her parents. So when they say like, here's this like weird show scarf thing like I know your mother would want you to wear it thankfully it goes perfectly with your dress but like uh, because they just say I know she'd want you to wear it and I'm like what is this like a grandmother's scarf like I didn't (laughs) I didn't I was completely mystified by the whole thing until until we get told explicitly what happened in the beginning that's really funny (laughs) it is kind of weird they do that did they do that like dream thing a few times Mm -hmm. in the movie so her boyfriend comes over, picks her up with the most over-dramatized descending the stairs in your prom dress moment. It's like slightly slow motion. There's this swelling song that plays. Everyone turns and looks like th- I feel like this is the end of like She's All That or something when she becomes like the really pretty girl. <laughs> That's is. kind of what this felt like. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> So, the boyfriend, by the way, who was on The Good Wife as a private detective for 
Yes, and Friday Night Lights. He was the guy who got paralyzed. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I And I don't remember. You know, I knew he looked familiar when I saw him in The Good Wife, but, like, I didn't remember. That was why. Yeah, exactly. He looks a lot like Duncan Kane from Veronica Mars That's who me. I kept thinking yeah. he was. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of sad that that wasn't him. Well, and also he plays... In Speed Racer, he plays the older brother, yes. Rex Racer, and I've always thought that that was Duncan Kane. Kane. I know. Until I looked it up, and I'm like, oh no, it's his doppelganger, whoever this guy is. It kind of is. Because I was like, I thought his name was Teddy something, not Scott Porter. <laughs> yeah. So they get into a limo. There's a limo montage of them going to the prom. They're having so much fun, you guys. This night is in no way going to be a letdown like every single other prom is. So there's three couples. There's Donna and Bobby. Donna's the main girl. Bobby's her boyfriend. There's Claire and Michael. They're the other white couple. And, yes, always fighting. And Lisa and Ronnie, who are the black couple nominated for prom king and queen, which I think rarely happens with couples, actually. And he's also the star quarterback. So... They get there, and I guess this is, like, red carpet themed? It's Hollywood-themed. Okay. So, this is the world's richest high school. Although they do kind of cover this... They do kind of cover this a little bit by saying that the girl who organized it... Who is their enemy since the first scene that we saw. They were... When she got out of the car, they were like, ugh, the Chrissy, ugh, she's awful. Yeah, so this girl is evil, I guess. Anyway, she's the one that organized this, and she... They say that she overspent by $100,000 that her dad had to write a check to cover. So I guess you can kind of think maybe, but, like, I still feel like to even have this idea of having it in a really nice, like, hotel lobby seems like this is a pretty wealthy school yeah no it is it's way because there's even people on the other side of a barricade on this red (laughs) carpet like are these people hired do they know these kids who are they do they just did they just see a red carpet and think that these were famous people probably they just don't recognize yeah so that's weird but yeah this school has way too much money yeah, and they, they see the main, the girl who's, like, their enemy and, like, exchange barbs about the dresses, mm-hmm. which I have to say, I don't understand. This this rich girl who we're not supposed to like, she wears a black strapless dress. No one wears a black strapless dress to their prom. Also, this girl, I think we're supposed to think that, like, she and her friends are the, they're the popular girls mm-hmm. who are, like you know, kind of catty, but, like, you look at Donna and her friends, there's no way that they are not also popular. Oh, yeah, no, they're just, like, warring popular clips. Yeah, like, I don't really feel like I'm gonna take a side in this mm, little battle. Team no because one. Because everyone seems like I wouldn't like them in real life. Yeah, no, and there is no underdog here. Yeah. Like, you, they're both nominated for prom queen. There's yeah. No, you're not the underdog. I know. Dating the star quarterback. Yeah. Um, okay, so, cut to the police station where we see Idris Elba. What? He's Detective Wynn, and he gets a phone call uh, from the mental institution, Maximum Security, where this murderer was. And they're like, hey, uh, he escaped three days ago. So, just <laughs> FYI. They're he's like, like, well, he's like how just, did it take yeah. him three days? And he's like, you, you don't have to 
didn't notify the court. Well, he didn't. I I didn't even really hear what he said. He said we had. Oh well, we had to notify the court. Mm. I'm like, it took you three days to notify the court. That doesn't make any sense. Also, it would have taken you two seconds to notify the court, and then you call them. Also, I don't think that's true. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't have to notify them first, certainly, but it does seem like yeah. the, the most important thing to be notified would be the law enforcement agencies that would be trying to find them, which would be the U.S. Marshal Service. Yeah, I know, exactly, because it's across state lines. Yeah, so you would you would notify the marshals who would notify them. yeah. All I can think the whole time I'm watching this movie is how many people are going to have to be explaining their actions and why they should be able to keep their jobs after all this is over. Well, yeah, and that's kind of why I wondered if it was, um, although that doesn't make sense either, because then I was wondering if it was based on an older thing, so, like, maybe it would take longer to be notified, but then I'm like, they still had phones in the yeah. 60s. Yeah, no. Like, I, there's no reason. <sighs> so weird. No, it's not even based on anything else. Like, they unless just... it was based on, like, the 1920s movie, <laughs> <laughs> The telegraph <laughs> just got here. Yeah. The telegraph light wires were down. <gasps> Call Bob from the Italian. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, there's no reason for this, and everyone is so incompetent. This is 87 minutes of the worst police work you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Honestly, any type of work. Right. Everyone's terrible. And, and really, the only reason that it's the three-day gap, like, story-wise, is because that's the only way he believably has enough time to make it to that prom night. Yeah. They could have more realistically said three days ago, oh, we just found out that this guy... That's what I... Th yeah, that's better. Like, oh, we're actually one of those prisons that you read about, and, like, we locked him in solitary three days ago, and we just checked on him, and he's not or there. Or that... But also, or the police found out three days ago, but they were just, like, monitoring the situation in the hopes that they wouldn't have to say anything. Like, I don't know. You could have done, like, but story-wise, it's more dramatic if we just find out that he's escaped from prison. Well, we're also- But he's also across the country, so he needs three days to get there. <laughs> we're also not supposed to hate Idris Elba. No, he's supposed so... to be a really, like, competent, exactly. hardworking, dedicated detective. Spoiler alert, he's not one of those things. <laughs> The backstory unfolds. This is where we find out that this was her teacher, her science teacher. Who looked like a crazy stalker, killer. He has always looked insane. While he yes. was teaching science. Yeah. Like, he should never have been allowed. They, Huge he should, warning signs of just looking at him. Long hair, crazy beard. He should have walked in to take the teacher certification test, and they said, Sir, you cannot work with children. Yeah. You fail based on your face. Right. Turn around. Yeah. Also, go report, because you're now on probation, just face-wise. Yeah. So, it's her teacher who got obsessed with her and stalked her and killed her family, and then they went into his house to arrest him, and he there the were, like, oh, notebooks full of pictures of her, and he went to an insane asylum, because the jury found him insane rather than culpable. See, I don't know. I mean, I think you could find him insane. Like, he was clearly, he had problems. You could find him insane, but there, it's, it's not just, like, is this person insane? It's also, did they know that what they did was wrong? You could make an argument that because he was just sitting at home, 
and the police easily found him there, that he didn't understand, like, that he wasn't trying to hide his actions, so he didn't really know that they were wrong. Well, he also seen like, when you see him in the police station and she's gone to identify him, he's talking about, like, how they're in love and, like, their love will last an eternity. And, like, so yeah. he, he does seem to think that she's, like, a willing participant in their relationship. True, but it's still, like, it, it's, I, I think it's still, like, does he understand his actions? Yeah. And I guess you could argue that he didn't, but, like... Whatever. Right. This time but for around, story purposes. It's, it's weird. Okay, anyway. Even though you could have easily just said it in a state that doesn't have the death penalty. Yeah, right? It is set in Oregon, which has the death penalty, but only for aggravated murder, which this would fall under the, the category of. Mm-hmm. But you, you were right. You had mentioned earlier that the trial, this is only like three years later, and he's already been in, you know, the insane asylum for however long. Like, that is the world's fastest justice system. Yeah, because I feel like with something that complicated, especially if they're trying to determine sanity, trying to de- get somebody declared insane is really, it takes a really long time. So it was pretty he fast. He would have been in there. I don't think he would have been in this place for that long yeah. at this point. So, Idris Elba goes to tell her aunt and uncle. He's unaware that prom night is tonight. He is. <laughs> How, dude? Um, so anyway, cut to prom and, uh-oh, Richard Fenton, former teacher, former slash maybe current killer, is in the hotel lobby. And he cleans up really well, actually. He, he cleans he should up have, real creepy, he, at least. Well, he should have started out with the shaved haircut look and then gone to the crazy beard. Like, yeah. it should have been slightly reversed. Yeah, so he's expertly disguised with no beard and a baseball cap. No one will recognize him. I would also like to like to say real fast, this is unusual that I'm, like, recognizing all these actors because I normally don't... Watch uh, as many terrible things as I do? Well, I don't know. I normally don't necessarily recognize a lot of the smaller actors, but he was in That Thing You Do. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. He was the singer. What? Oh, that's crazy. He was, he was the, the lead, the moody lead singer. Oh, uh, he does play moody well. Yeah. He has a face for it. Well, see, here's the, here's his picture, like, without crazy. Yeah, he's like, pretty he moody. Was, yeah. He's actually not that that creepy looking in that photo. He's not. I mean, they, they creeped him up. I mean, we also knew he was like a crazy killer. So yeah, that helps. I guess that helps. Okay. So anyway, um, also we hear the DJ say that there are 206 people at this prom. That's an insanely small prom. Especially for how expensive it was. Are there people from other schools there? Right, because you have to assume that there's dates. Like, the, yeah. this isn't the entire, only the class. Like, some percentage of those people are also have been brought as dates. Yeah, so now, like, are there 150 people in this class? If so, how did she go $100,000 over budget <laughs> yeah. of an already wealthy school, yes. apparently? They must have been serving lobster. <laughs> Everything was lobster, actually. <laughs> All of the... Oh, no, I was going to say cocktails, but... Uh, well, no. he's, there's one point when you see this guy, like, drinking something that looks like it's, like, whiskey in a glass. Oh, he's... A, no, the Michael, one of her friends, yeah. who's always fighting with her other friend, Claire. That he's walking dating. around like he's been drinking, and he, then he's yeah. got something that looks like whiskey in his glass. No, he does, and... But it looks like he legitimately, like, got this from the bar downstairs. No, yeah, he looks like a 35-year-old <laughs> legal partner walking around being a jerk drinking scotch. And yeah. He, and you're like, how old are you? Yeah. Fenton is in line to get a room and as he's checking out 
Ronnie goes up to the desk and doesn't wait his turn. He just, like, <laughs> go, walks up and, and is like, hey, can I have three three keys to suite whatever? Yeah. 322 or whatever? And yeah. the guy's like, oh, sure, here you go. I'm like, no, if this was a nice place, he would be like, sir, yes, right after I help this other guest. Well, also, they, okay, so the, this group of friends, there's three couples, they've gotten a two-bedroom suite, they said, and they are, apparently, there has already been discussion of people's various hopes to get laid. Yeah. So, gross. I know. Just gross. <laughs> like, I don't have anything else to say. Well, lock your doors, because someone's <laughs> sleeping in the living room, so you don't want to walk in on that. The point is, the point that I'm trying to make is, if this guy had waited in line, like you're supposed to, <laughs> yeah. Fenton would have had a harder time finding their room. Yeah. He just walks up and he's like, room 322, thank you. <laughs> Okay, so then the girls are going up to the hotel room, and they're in a crowded elevator with some guys who perv on them. In the weirdest... This is not... These things do not happen. Well, they do. First of all, they do happen. They do happen, but typically it's one weirdo... It's not all three. Right. With other people in the exactly. elevator. Exactly. This is a really crowded elevator. Because for one thing, Fenton's hiding out in the back. Yeah. But then there's also, like, somebody, like, the busboy with the bags <laughs> and, like, yeah. a couple other people back there. And there's three girls in what are clearly prom dresses. These are clearly high school students. And then they're giggling like crazy, though. They right. act like this is the funniest thing that's ever happened. Right. And these guys are making the weirdest. I'm like, are you positive? Like, are you 100% sure right now that these girls are of age? Because I would not be quite as confident if There's I were you. There's no way they're sure. But they're like, who's my date? Ugh, come up to my room later. It's so crazy. And, and there's like three of them that are in on, like, that are totally cool with this, making weird suggestions. This, let me just say, this is normally one weirdo with no friends <laughs> or a friends who are like oh dear god i'm not with this person like, or they just like laugh they don't all join in yeah but it is weird like they don't usually do it in front of other people because these people were clearly in like their 30s though like yeah. normally by the time you hit your 30s like it's only one weirdo left yeah that is true okay so he um gets off on his floor and he kills a maid to get her house uh master key Idris Elba goes to the house, and they find out that the guy, Fenton, is out, and he says he's putting a unit on the house and back up on the hotel. Yeah. Well, he says he's going to go to the hotel and call for backup. I know. So there's no, like, making a cell phone call, like, from your, from your house when you find out that she's at prom. It's like, I'm going to show up. And assess the situation and then call for backup. Yeah, if I don't see a murderer, then I'll call for backup. Then it's a maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're leaving her at prom, though. They're not gonna, not even going to tell her this guy is or out. Or they're not even going to tell, like, a teacher. No, they're or not like, going to tell anybody. Security. Yeah, nobody's getting told about this. Yeah. And the, the uncle says, so apparently everybody but the uncle wanted her to come home, including Idris Elba. But he didn't want to wreck oh, yeah. the progress that she had made right and he's like oh it's gonna scare her so much blah 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 and i'm like oh really it's gonna i feel like it's gonna scare her more to find out later that like this murderer was out and nobody told her yeah like then she's gonna feel like she can't trust you either right there's no way to know when he's escaped exactly so and i quote he says that idris elba told him but there's no reason to believe that fenton said it this way 
Yeah, not just that he's been obsessed with one person for years. There's no reason to think that. Yeah, like there's every reason to think that that's all he's doing. Yeah. You don't have any any reason to think he's doing anything else. Yeah. Okay, so the teacher is now, teacher Fenton is now watching them at prom like a creepo. And she... Donna goes up to the room alone. This is the first of many... They go up to that room (laughs) so often. There's a lot of back and forth to this room for no reason. I'm just gonna say, like, when you're at prom, you're, like, at prom. Like, the room is only for when prom is done. There's... Because there's bathrooms in the lobby. Like, if you want to freshen... Because a lot of the time, they're like, oh, I need to freshen my makeup. Oh, I need to do, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like... That's what the bathroom in the lobby is for. Well, so the reason that she goes up is because her friend has cramps and is also mad at her boyfriend because they've been fighting again because she's going away to college. Right. This is the only legitimate reason for going up to the room, by the way. Yeah. So, well, what's confusing, though, is I don't know why her friend didn't go with her because that's usually what you do anyway. But she's also mad at her boyfriend right now. Like, they've been fighting and she doesn't feel good. Like, why would she stay there instead of going to the room? Right, because she's also the one that needs the doll. Yeah. So, anyway, goes up to the room alone. Uh, this hotel is really nice. These kids have so much money. Yeah. Uh, he's in the room. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do anything. And her friend comes in. Finally, like somehow, whatever. She just like took the next elevator. I don't know. Complaining about her boyfriend. And she's complaining, blah, blah, blah. And Brittany Snow's like trying to cheer her up. And it's so, it's the whitest thing that she says in this entire movie. She's like, okay, I'll go request some JT. We'll dance. We'll have fun. Oh, God. Really? Is that what we're calling Justin Timberlake now? Like he was big enough in 2008 that you called him JT and that's who you wanted to dance to at prom? Right. Are you kidding? We also never hear a Justin Timberlake song in this movie. Could not afford it. I was wondering if they used his initials JT because they couldn't afford any of his music. Probably. (laughs) Didn't want to draw attention to it. Uh, So the friend stays behind and gets murdered. But after opening the wardrobe a couple times, like this is this wardrobe wardrobe has seen the most action of any hotel wardrobe in existence. Would you like to know how (laughs) many times if my friends and I got a hotel room for prom? Do you want to know how many times we would have opened the wardrobe? Once. Zero. We would have opened it zero times. If we had had coats or purses, we would have put them on the couch or the bed or something like a normal person, especially because you're just kind of there to drop your stuff off before you go back downstairs. Yeah, because we never would have hung up our coats and put our purses up on the shelf. Like, this is nonsense. That is true. I mean, they're all acting like they're 30. Donna is back downstairs and she's like, oh, I think I might go to state with you, boyfriend. What's his name? Bobby. (laughs) Uh, But he doesn't want to hold her back. And that's how you know that they really love each other. This is the yeah. real deal. So Michael goes looking for Claire and the one who just got murdered in the hotel room. So he goes upstairs and he is the worst. He really He's is. such a jerk. This is the whiskey carrying moment. Yeah, he, he's walking around in a suit carrying whiskey. Uh, and he's like apologizing and he's so sorry. Kind of. He's not that sorry. Well, he he's basically just like, says like, I don't want to ruin He's like, prom. I don't want to fight anymore. Like, yeah. I'll fight later. I'll bring it up when you're least expecting it. Well, I think he says like, no, it's like, I'm okay with it. Like I've come to terms with, I, this is for one thing, Michael, this is neither the time nor the place for these conversations. No. Uh, also with as much scotch as you're drinking, I don't believe that you're not going to bring it up again. Yeah. 
But he doesn't because he also gets murdered. Thankfully. Yeah. Is this the one where he jumps out of the wardrobe? Mm-hmm. Like, he opens the wardrobe again for no good reason. Just, you know, checking it out. And he opens the wardrobe and he's he sees, like, movement and he's like... Claire? And I'm like, <laughs> really? Do you think her girlfriend is hiding in the back of the wardrobe? Also, how deep is this wardrobe? Like, he's completely hidden in the shadows until he women, moves slightly. Women, am I right? They're crazy. This Always hiding in wardrobes. Yeah. Okay, so now Idris Elba is in the wings at the dance floor, and now he's watching them just as creepily as the teacher previously was. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of funny because he's doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So another person that's in this movie is Kellen Lutz. You may recognize him as the beefy vampire from Twilight. Oh my gosh. Emmett. That's That's funny. Emmett. Yeah, that's his name. That's him. Uh, He's supposed to be Chrissy's boyfriend, but he's actually like a pretty decent guy, it seems like. Yeah, he seems like a real nice guy. Except how is he dating her? He's really terrible at dating vain girls. She's like, oh, I don't want to get crowned with... With Ronnie, I can you imagine getting crowned with her boyfriend? I don't want to do that. Yeah, and he's, he's like, he's like, well, what if what, he, she's like, what if you don't win? And he's like, what if I don't? What would it, what would it matter? And I'm like, are you serious? And then he's like, Ronnie's a great guy, and he's like the captain of the football team, and he's all the and I'm like, and his friends like, yeah, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, and I'm like really? Wow, you? How are you dating this girl? <laughs> this was like a really decent guy. But what's funny is then he's Where like, else? I'm gonna go, and it's him and his two friends also go. Like it's not just it's like. Only the guys which are going to go off by themselves. Yeah, that they do not have the same aspirational plans to get laid as everybody else tonight (laughs) because they're doing a terrible job of laying the groundwork. Yeah. The assistant detective Nash Mm -hmm. comes up. Uh, Idris Elba's assistant comes up while he's watching high schoolers and has to ask which one is Donna. (laughs) I'm like, There's no pictures. Are you kidding me? You came so unprepared. <laughs> what if you showed up and there was already a situation happening and you didn't know who she was? Yeah. So Lisa and Ronnie go up to the room and they run into Fenton getting out of the elevator. And Lisa's like, oh, he looks so familiar. What's, oh, I can't recognize him. So they're going up to the hotel room. They're going to make out. Right. Once again, this is something that's normally left till after prom, especially when we find out part of the reason the the girl was so annoyed with her boyfriend earlier, Chrissy or whatever. Yeah. Was because they were very soon going to announce prom king and queen. And this this girl has been obsessed with being prom queen and beating this other girl. Being Like, there's an entire scene where she explains what it means to her to be prom queen. Yeah, Lisa really wants to be prom queen, but then she goes and... Is And as we see later, had they actually gone through with their plans of making out and getting busy, they probably would have missed the prom. Yeah. Like, this stuff does not happen in the middle of prom night. Maybe not at your prom. Well, it didn't because there were no hotel rooms at the aquarium. At the aquarium. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of beds there. Yeah. Idris Elba gets called out to the parking lot. They're like, oh, sir, we want to show you something. Uh, there's a body in the trunk. Of a car out there. This car was missing along with its owner, declared missing three days ago. Mm-hmm. And it's from the same place that the mental institution prison is yeah. in. So he's obviously here at the hotel. Now they know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they did ask the desk clerk earlier, like, if they'd seen this man. But of course he looks different. one guy. right. And, and, of course, he looks different. But, like, then when the guy's like, oh, should I be worried? He's like, no. 
Yeah, like... I, like, straight up, don't alert your security that there may be something weird going on. Don't tell anyone to be on the lookout for this man. Well, he Just, said, like, he's not dangerous. Don't worry about it. He said make copies of this, but he didn't say, like, hey, seriously, have your staff look out for this. And also, maybe if you don't hear from any of your staff, get really worried. Well, he was... At, she, he specifically asked him... Should I be concerned? No. So again, like all I can see is all the news stories that are going to come out about like all of the ways that they failed in this. Right. Ronnie and Lisa are making out on the bed and she realizes who it is. She's like, oh my gosh, no, I have to find Donna. Does not pick up her cell phone, which is sitting right there. On, and that they've been the trying to table. call them like, uh, that Donna and her boyfriend have been trying to call them on yeah, to, to let them know that missing. they're going to, to announce they're prom about queen. to miss the prom king and queen announcements, so mm -hmm. they're trying to call them, and instead of grabbing her phone and calling Donna, or her boyfriend, whatever, whoever has the phone, she just tries to go downstairs to the elevators, like... Yeah. And this is when we see that Ronnie had a ring. Oh, he was gonna propose! He's so upset. There's no other possible time you could do it, like, you know, after you were announced prom king and queen. As Lisa's... Running to the elevator, the elevator doesn't get there fast enough, I think. Yeah. So then she starts going for the stairs. She trips and falls down the stairs, and then she looks up and Fenton is there. Right. Because the thing you want to do in this kind of situation is definitely go where there are fewer cameras. Right. Yeah. Also, you should have made your boyfriend come with you. You shouldn't have been like, oh, oh no, I had to tell totally, totally. totally. How long, how hard is it to say... Oh my gosh, I just recognized he's the crazy stalker teacher. Come on, we have to go. Yeah, immediately. he's the guy, he's, he's the teacher who killed Donna's family. Yeah. How hard is that to say at, in the moment? Yeah. I don't think there's a human alive who would have done what she did. Especially, like, I'm just gonna say, like, I realize there's a crazy stalker killer in a hotel. I'm definitely gonna take along my athletic boyfriend. Yeah, seriously. So, anyway, she runs down the stairs, but she ends up on the gym floor, which was being renovated, as previously told to us by the hotel desk clerk. So it's just covered in, everything's covered in plastic wrap, and it's scary down there, and it's dark, and the, she gets chased around. Yeah. She gets... Um, left unresolved. Yeah. Um, also, she makes a lot of noise in there. Like, she's screaming because pigeons are living in there, which, how does that, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Like, are you renovating the inside? Like, are you also renovating the wall and it's just open? Why are there pigeons down there? This is oh a really gosh. nice hotel. Cut to Ronnie and Lisa get prom king and queen. Um, Ronnie comes downstairs, I think, and he's like, I don't know where she is. Yeah. Also, the reason you tell your boyfriend what you've just realized. Oh, yeah. Sorry. They don't get crowned yet. I forgot that. Oh, yeah. They're, they they're just calling get, the people up to the stage. Yeah, they're calling the people up to the stage. So, yeah, Ronnie gets there. Uh, Donna goes back to the room. And this is really weird because what happens is Ronnie gets down there and he's like, hey, where's Lisa? Because he actually looked for her. He stopped on the gym renovation floor and was like, Lisa, Lisa <laughs> in the elevator. But then he just went like, why? That was the two seconds she was being quiet in the gym. Well, why wouldn't he heard? If she heard him, why wouldn't she have said, oh, my gosh, I'm here. I'm being chased by a killer. Yeah. Because at least then she has a chance. Right. So he's like, no, she's not. Like, I don't know where she is. And Donna's like, oh, maybe she's in the bathroom. What? Why wouldn't, why would you assume that she's A, in the bathroom? If, if Ronnie doesn't know where she is, why would you think that she's in the bathroom? <laughs> and why would you think that she's in the sweet bathroom where he just came from? Yeah. 
So yeah. she goes back up to the room again by herself. Lisa gets killed in the renovated gym, which is now probably haunted. Also, she probably took this opportunity to look through the wardrobe a couple more times. <laughs> she probably did. Lisa, are you in here? <laughs> yeah. Lisa, this isn't the bathroom. <laughs> So, the cops find the maid's body in the tub of Fenton's room and set off the fire alarm because things just got real. He's definitely here. They want everybody out. They get interrupted right before they announce king and queen, and Ronnie and Lisa were about to be crowned. So Donna gets back downstairs. So she's there when they're going to evacuate. Right. So she's like, oh, fire alarm, blah, blah. She's really calm about it, too. Because they're not like, oh, psycho killer on the loose. You know, you probably wouldn't be when you're trying to evacuate a building. Still could be a fire. Well, yeah. Something's happening. But but yeah, but they are like telling you specifically. And the the cops are there. Right. So instead, she's like, oh, I'm just going to go back up to get my mom's shawl. It's really important. Are you kidding me? (laughs) She's terrible at this. Which, by the way, the only reason her mom would be in danger was if there was an actual fire. Right, if there was a real fire. Yeah. So you're going to go back up into the flames like I'm sure Mm -hmm. your mother would want you to. (laughs) Also, nobody's standing at the elevators, apparently, being like, no, you can't use these. Don't get on. So she goes back up to the room and he reveals himself. He's there in the room. She locks him out of the room somehow, or like out of a door. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, he breaks down the door and takes he out puts, his knife. She puts in the security lock so that he can't just use the master key. Yeah, but I thought that he was already in the room. How'd she get him out of the room? I don't. I don't know. And that was weird. I I'm, I was a little unclear <laughs> on a lot of these events. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, takes out the knife. Uh, she goes under the bed. That's her M.O. Saved her last time. Yeah. And she sees Claire's dead body under there. Kellen Lutz finally tells somebody that she went back up. Because the detective is asking for her explicitly. The detective is like, does anyone, has anyone yeah. seen Donna? Yeah. And her boyfriend is. And yeah. she's like, it's like, oh yeah, she went back up to the room. And they're like, Aah! Yeah. And so they go up there and they like, get literally there. literally the one person they wanted to evacuate from the building. And that's the person that stayed. This is why they should have told anybody what was going on. Right. So they get there right as she's escaping out of the room. He's gone. Uh, they can't find him. So Donna and her boyfriend get in the police car. They go off to her house. Ronnie's still looking for Lisa. Oh, poor Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, an unpleasant surprise. Yeah, so they leave Ronnie behind at the prom. This is almost the last we see of him. Can I just say, the black guy lives. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He does. He's, like, the only one who lives. But he'll still have to have intensive therapy. Yeah. Because the love of his life is dead. That's <laughs> a lie. They probably would have not made it. But, you know. Uh, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> they would have broken up in college. So, anyway, uh, SWAT gets to the hotel. Somehow they're at the hotel and not at home with Donna. Like, why is Donna farther away <laughs> from the SWAT team? Well, also, why did they let her go home? She should have gone to, like, the police station or something. This is what I always think. I have always been like, if there was a killer after me, I would want to sleep at the police station. Now, Terminator proved to me <laughs> that that does not always make you safe. But assuming it's not killer robots. Right. From assuming the future. it's a human person... That is probably a safer place to be. Yeah. So, Ronnie's crying over Lisa, and uh, they find a dead hotel worker in the vent in the room that they were in. And he's the one that went up to look for the maid. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They did, in fact, notice a maid was missing, and they sent this guy up to go look for him. Again, something that they may not have done if they had known that there was a psycho killer on the loose. Right, they probably would have told the police and yeah. So, he is in his shirt sleeves, and <laughs> they're like, oh, no, he probably got out of the hotel in a uniform, which we see he did, in fact, do. So... Elba is on his way to the house, and he calls Nash, the other detective, and somehow everyone is asleep in the house right now. I don't know. Yeah. Like they, they somehow went to sleep Well, after this. I mean, or they at least all went to their separate bedrooms. Like, you definitely don't all want to stay huddled for safety in one main room where you How? know that people can't be wandering around the house killing you one by one. How are any of them sleeping? Yeah. I don't understand. So she gets up and goes to the bathroom and closes the medicine cabinet mirror and yeah. the teacher's behind her. Oh, no. It's a dream. Yeah. She wakes up. And this time she gets up for real and goes to the bathroom, which if I had just had that dream, I probably wouldn't do. Well, because she also has deja vu, like the same thing as playing on TV that she just like the same scene. So it's not like a continuation of like she heard it in her sleep. Like this is literally like a scene that's playing that she just dreamed was playing. Yeah. So we see that Nash is actually trying to call or the house or maybe Idris Elba is. And Nash goes and looks and like the phone lines have been cut, which is when you immediately call everybody at the police station to that house. We know they have SWAT teams. Yeah. They're busy. They're at the hotel, (laughs) Uh, which they shouldn't be at the hotel. They actually should be headed to the house now Yeah, because they already know that he's not there. Right. But I mean like traffic laws, Hannah. (laughs) Do not apply to cops (laughs) from what I have seen. Idris Elba gets there, Nash is sitting in his car, but he's dead. Brittany Snow comes back from the bathroom and lies down and finds out Bobby is dead also. She backs away from the footsteps that are coming towards her down the hall. She's hiding in the closet. And then we see that that's actually Idris Elba coming down the hall. And as she's about to say, I'm in here, Benton grabs her from behind. He was also in the closet, which is actually, I think, the scariest scene in the movie. Yeah. It's really creepy to think that. Then the aunt and uncle scream from another room in the house because they see a police officer dead outside. This guy is like an expert murderer. (laughs) He's so good at killing people. Yeah. And his previous profession, once again, high school teacher. Yeah, he didn't even use, like, his chemistry to kill people. He just uses a knife. Yeah. (laughs) So Elba goes to see what's going on. Donna fights this guy off, kind of. And he's about to stab her. Idris Elba comes in and shoots him dead. Yeah. Like three times. And he's not Michael Myers, so he's dead. Yeah. End of movie. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Like, credits roll. Yeah. We're done. Like, this was not a happy ending. You're not even, I don't know, like, I didn't even feel that great that ever, like, that she lived. Well, it was weird that there wasn't, like, a final scene of, like, her talking to the cop, her talking to her aunt and uncle. Like, it was just, like, done. Normally, those are the type of movies that will say, like, oh, no, where did the body go? He must still be alive. Because they have, like, literally nothing to end with. No, they don't. But this didn't do that either. It just kind of was like, and we're done. Like, no sense in hanging around. Yeah, it was weird. So I guess because it didn't give you anything else to think about, you were just kind of like, oh, she might be, like, almost irreparably damaged now. Well, yeah. And she's never going to have any more friends in high school, I'll tell you that one. 
Yeah. Well, she's graduating soon, so yeah. that's probably for the best for her. <laughs> and it's probably a good thing she is going far away. Yeah. But she's probably going to have lifelong attachment issues because everybody that she's gotten close to has been murdered. True. Just the worst, like, a how-to in what not to do. Yeah. A, a not to? Is that what? And I'm I'm also that? going to assume that there were also some how-tos on what not to do previously in this movie that allowed him to get there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, probably We didn't so. see them, but also those. Probably so. Yeah. Um, so what I thought was weird is, especially in the hotel when things started getting really heated, Idris Elba's accent kind of came out. I know. But it was weird because this was after he played Stringer Bell on The Wire. That's so funny. Apparently the... the his partner was also on the wire. Oh, was he? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so it was weird that his accent was coming out. I don't know. It's probably hard to sustain. Yeah, especially when you're shouting, and I don't know if you would notice it if you didn't know that he was British. Yeah. I, especially since I've also watched him be a cop in Luther, mm-hmm. where he does a lot of running and shouting in his real accent. Yeah, So Totally. I just cannot get over the fact that they thought that they should not tell anybody what was happening. Yeah. They were like, no, we want to keep it quiet. And I'm just like, everybody should get fired. Well, to be fair, a lot of those people are dead now. Well, there is that. Yeah. (laughs) Let that be a lesson to you. But I'm sorry, Idris Elba, I know you shot the guy, but like you probably should be fired now. Yeah. And the uncle should feel really bad. Oh, no kidding. He got how many people killed? Well, the other like thing eight is, or nine. but the other thing is, if they knew that he was going to come after her, they kind of, in a sense, like not putting her in protective custody where he in like trying to draw him toward like where the cops were because he could have killed a bunch of people just because he thought she was there. Like, yeah, I know it's so it's, I don't know. It, it probably would have been a better idea to put her in some sort of protective custody and then try and get him there. Prom's not that important. It's not so important that you can't tell people that there's a murderer on the loose. Yeah, this movie really played into this whole idea that, like, prom is, like, the specialist best moment of your life. And, like, I was probably a little bit unusual in how little I cared about my prom, but at the same point, I don't think most people would say that it was the most crucial moment of their high school experience. No, I think very few people would and should say that. Like, a lot of people had fun there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's fun. But I don't think people necessarily put as much importance on it as, like, the movies tell you they do. It's just disappointing for most people. And I get that. You know what? I think part of the reason that it's so disappointing is because you see movies that show the nicest hotel in all of Oregon. Mm -hmm. And, like, they spent $200,000 on it or Mm -hmm. whatever. And, yeah, that's going to be a nice prom. You're still going to get disappointed for other reasons, but a lot of proms are just, I think, disappointing all around. This movie also didn't actually make that much money, which you you kind of expect from this movie. It's going to be a limited audience. I think it may have barely made its budget back. Uh, Its budget was around $30 million, and it made, like, a little over $30 million. Yeah. Um, So it wasn't a smashing success, and a lot of these actors, you know... As, as we've said, have gone on to more of, like, television roles. So our next movie is actually another Idris Elba movie. Uh, surprisingly enough. It's going to be <laughs> The Mountain Between Us, which is still in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we're keeping it current, like we do. That's a lie. We never do. This, this is an <laughs> unusual. First time. Yeah. 
is going to be an unusual exception. But yeah, Selba and Kate Winslet crashed on a mountain with sexy results. Yeah. Nothing says love like, you know, a mountain crash. Is that the devil we're going to get from that movie? I think so. That's the moral? Yeah. All right. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.